0: You are listening to the Two and Out CFL Podcast, a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. I gotta drink two liters, and I add salt
1: to it, right? So it, of course, makes me worse. You makes put it worse.
0: salt in chocolate milk?
1: Yeah, man. A couple of dashes of salt, stir it up. <laughs> Look, that
0: Grab some poutine and a double double. It's time for the Two and Out CFL Podcast. Now we well, have to kick it out. And they- Every week, Travis Kura. Does anybody still care about this podcast? And Brazilian Tide. Hunters are people too. Talk fantasy football. Bring you the latest in CFL news. And sprinkle in a little bit of nonsense. Are you kidding? This is unbelievable. Ready, set, hunt. And we are a part of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB. Brazilian Thai. This week, Canada put out the new food guide. Are you going to follow it?
1: (laughs) Uh, Let's see. For supper, I had two veal cutlets, rice, potatoes, and a piece of chocolate cake. And I'm going to have two chocolate chunk cookies and a chocolate chip brownie. So, yes?
0: Well, you know what? I didn't think you were actually too bad up until the supper. Or the dessert, I mean.
1: Well, I mean, the chocolate cake was part of supper. Like, I ate it at the table. (laughs)
0: So let me let me think here. They they want us to cut down on meat and dairy.
1: Nope. Yeah, I can do that, but it, I, there's no way I'm cutting down on meat.
0: Oh, so you can cut down on the dairy, but not the meat?
1: Yeah, milk is gross anyway. But it, and ice cream makes me sick, so I, I don't eat a lot of it. So if I, so I just have a
0: big, a big old steak and a half a block of cheese, that's not good. <laughs>
1: Can you melt that cheese over some potatoes? Oh, that would be that would be deadly.
0: Now we're talking. So, uh, are you the old lactose intolerant, or?
1: I well, everybody's a little lactose intolerant. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. It's the yeah. people, yeah, right. So, uh, I, I just, I just think like when I drink chocolate milk, I don't just drink a little bit.
0: You drink, gotta, like, four liters of it?
1: I got to drink two liters, and I add salt to it, right? So it, of course, makes me worse. You it makes put it worse.
0: salt in chocolate milk?
1: Yeah, man. A couple dashes of salt, stir it up. Oh, look out.
0: <laughs>
1: Are you serious? Yeah,
0: 100%. Wow.
1: It is delicious.
0: So, yeah, everybody does have the different lactose line, like... Mm-hmm. Uh, if you go to the DQ, and I know that, I get a large every time. It doesn't matter. The blizzards, you get the large, and
1: I regret it almost instantly.
0: Now, I don't get sick after a large. Well, I feel questionable. But <laughs> what is this an NFL injury report? I, I go for the jumbo. Have you heard of the jumbo? No, but I'm intrigued. Well, a large blizzard is the size of like a medium pop, right? Sure. The I don't jumbo get blizzard DQ. is the size of a large pop. Oh man, I would I would vomit after
1: it, but it would be so worth it.
0: <laughs> now, what flavor do you go for?
1: Chocolate chip cookie dough.
0: And we agree on one thing:
1: <laughs> <laughs> just nothing but dairy and sugar.
0: I love when it when all the chunks of cookie dough get to the bottom. To the bottom. Oh, oh, oh <laughs> man. In the huddle with Karan Tai on the Two and Out podcast. I actually got a free uh, coupon for a medium Blizzard on my desk, so I think that's exactly where I am going
1: to go after this show. Before we get too far, while we're still talking about food, those that that delicacy that you gave your coworker was that actually what you told him it was?
0: It, no, it was not that
1: delicate. It was oh. not dog meat. Because that would have been even better.
0: <laughs> it's actually a candy called uh, Tamarind. And what Ty is referring to, uh, I work at a radio station in Red Deer ninety 98.9, and there's been an ongoing bit where they tell me there are, you know, Tim Hortons <laughs> donuts or whatever in, it's the, best. in the lunchroom. And every time I get in there, there's an empty box, and it's just terrible. So uh, one of our uh, coworkers here, he got back from the Philippines. He went there for about a month-long holiday, and he came back with a ton of candy. And <laughs> one of them, I'm looking this up, it's called tamarind. I'm Actually, Ooh. it's it's a tree there, and I don't know, they kind of bottle it up or... Turn it into sort of like a ball, and then put sugar on it and pass it off as candy. But everyone that tries it is just disgusted by it. <laughs> so I got my boss into trying it, and I told him it was dog meat.
1: <laughs> After he ate it,
0: <laughs> oh, that was uh, that was a ton of fun. So it was good to get them back finally because I'm I'm the gullible one. In every single situation, I'm the one that can easily be tricked.
1: Well, and, but you you willingly ate the apples for like your guys's apple taste test, which was, I I was in shock watching that. I couldn't turn it off. It was like, do you hate car apples? Rank. No, I only like one kind of apple. What kind? Granny Smith or crab apples, whichever ones. But Granny Smith are the only way to go.
0: Wow. The the Spartan is the one that grossed me out.
1: I don't like red apples. They're too bitter. (laughs) (laughs) Somehow we're going to talk about
0: football. This is what happens in January.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I am in camp in the middle of nowhere. So, you know, uh, there's nothing but food here at my fingertips for free, no matter where I go in camp. So it's kind of hard not to think about it.
0: Man, that... (laughs) It does not sound bad, like at all. And, until you try to connect to the internet. Oh, the internet's not good? It's not great. It's 2019, man. What's going on? Uh, well, here we are. <laughs> so let's go back. I'm going to try and go in chronological order and kind of split the news up into uh, uh, teams here as well. But the LFA Combine was about a week and a half ago. And then it seemed like all of a sudden that weekend... People were crapping all over the idea. And uh, now there's kind of rumblings that Ambrose wants to get into Germany, uh, another country that I guess uh, plays some American football. There was the NFL Europe, uh, I, I guess, experiment. Which
1: was, which was awesome. W-
0: we can uh, we can call that went on. So you have to assume that some players in Europe became fans of the game and started Playing it, but what's your take on this? I see nothing bad out of it. Um, I mean, the word was that about a half a dozen players could come and they could go to camp and they would not be out of place, but is that really any different than any draft?
1: <laughs> no, and, you know, the ton of negativity, you know, as it was going on, not a huge surprise to me. Uh, you know, just, if there is something that and I, I don't want to paint all CFL fans with the same brush but it seems that anytime there's something to crap on there is people that just take that opportunity
0: and do it. Well you're it, right, it they can't matter. please everybody. It's all, it's 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 right? crazy. It, it's yeah. it,
1: it, it's insane. Um but like you said, yeah, there were six guys there. They said about half a dozen that, you know, could go to camp and not look at a place another handful of guys that, you know, would have a sh- wouldn't would be a little above their grade, but everybody else just—they weren't the talent they were looking for. But what what harm are they causing by holding this? Zero. You're getting you're getting exposure. You might find a, a, a new player or, or two. Uh, you know, if all six of these guys end up making camp and and or breaking camp and making the team, then so what? Um, I, I do think that you know, with adding. To the player pool that maybe the ratio needs to be looked at, or the roster sizes, because you know you're taking, you're adding more more players and they're the same amount of jobs. But uh, other than that, I, I see nothing wrong with that. With what went on,
0: that was part of the thing that was driving me a bit crazy because people are saying we need to showcase our Canadian players more and all this stuff. Well, the ratio hasn't changed. There mm-hmm. is still that part of the game, so Canadians yep. are still getting opportunities to play in the CFL. Start,
1: starting to sound like South Park. They took our jobs. Nobody's taking your job. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but then there has been arguments from people wishing that maybe the ratio would be reduced a little bit to up the the level of competition there. So. I mean, pleasing everybody is nearly impossible, but I think everybody knows that the ultimate goal here is to maybe get a TV deal in Mexico. They broadcast the Grey Cup in Spanish for the first time this uh, past November, so uh, I think they're starting a new business relationship there, and Ambrose is just trying to trying to find new ways to bring in new re- revenue to the Canadian Football mm-hmm. League. And-, <laughs> and
1: and with new re- with more revenue, more exposure... That means the cap can go up, which means the players make more. Like I, there's there's nothing negative that can come from this.
0: I know everybody is kind of hoping that they'd get to work on the CBA, but this is it's kind of political on both sides of it uh, with the PA yeah. and uh, and the league. So we'll see what happens there. And speaking of TV deals, the the league ended up signing a multi-year agreement with ESPN. So they're going to have twenty games, I guess on the main network and then the others on uh, ESPN plus so that'll be online but basically it looks like every game is going to be available live to viewers in the US and that's huge
1: that's that is huge uh, you know it, to make the league obviously makes money that, like they're not going to sell their rights for nothing uh, and viewership in the US Last year was up 19% versus the numbers in 2017. So people are watching. Uh, I know everybody, you know, the NFL is a king, and it's hard to argue when you're getting 70,000 people to a game, and no matter what happens in the final seconds on blown calls or whatever, people still watch. Um, even if it costs you $1,600 and you have to <laughs> sit in camp and watch you yourself get screwed out of money. But, you um, <coughs> know, it's more exposure again. Like Ambrosi has, has been, if nothing for this league has, has done whatever he can to, to expose this league to more eyeballs and get, uh, you know, get, get the name out there and get the product out. And, you know, maybe it's not, I mean, we're not talking millions of viewers. Like they're averaging 163,000, uh, but that, that's not, it's not like it's a bad thing. I I see nothing wrong with this. This is great. Uh, you know, the more revenue team. I just said this before. The more revenue the league can make, uh, you know, and split up between the teams. That's better for the league.
0: You know what blew my mind about uh, some of those calls in the AFC and NFC championship games uh, <laughs> was that oh, but, everybody hey, was the, talking the CFL about refs are so bad. They, they were talking about the. The CFL being able to challenge pass interference, but during Mm -hmm. the season, people complain about it. Yeah. So (laughs) you can't have, you can't, you can't brag about it and then complain about it.
1: (laughs) No, it's, yeah. Do
0: you think the NFL uh, will ever uh, put that in?
1: Absolutely, they will. I think there's going to be a couple, I don't know if it'll happen right away, but there is. Two changes that are going to be talked about at their competition meeting. It's going to be changing the overtime and looking at reviewable plays because the league at now. Like I mean, this was the Patriots' eighth trip to the AFC Championship game. Goodell hates the Patriots. It's well documented. He, he's going to want to change some stuff.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Tom Brady nine Super Bowl appearances, and the next closest team has eight. That's crazy. Yeah, and
1: that's, that's that's the Steelers, not a big deal. Um, that's why I'm cheering for the Rams because I don't want Brady to have as many Super Bowls. But And the head coach for the Saints who got screwed in the NFC Championship game is on the competition committee. So And, you know, something works in one league, and we, and we saw it didn't really work when it first came in with the illegal contact and all that yeah. stuff and guys fishing. So they fixed that, um, and they don't have to add challenges. They keep the challenges the same the same number of challenges and just expand the plays that can be challenged, I, I think they'll be handled handled well. And, and they've seen how it can work in the CFL, and they can maybe adapt it to
0: the NFL game as well. Let's see. Uh, let's go through some of the player transactions over the last little bit. Uh, are,
1: are you going to Are you gonna be able to get through this first one? Or no. Or do I have to do it? Do I, 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 have, am the, to, do I have to take over? I am over?
0: Canada's biggest Drew Willie fan. <laughs> are you okay? So seeing him cut by the Montreal Alouettes is pure sadness. And you know one team that does not have a quarterback right now? Don't you dare. <laughs> Drew Willie makes his triumphant return to Regina.
1: Oh, I was thinking maybe Calgary would sign him because Bo's not coming back. <laughs> and, and
0: leads the Riders. Actually, watch <laughs> Willie go to Calgary and just light it up. <laughs> oh.
1: I think this I think this episode's over. <laughs> would you get would you get a stamps jersey if that was the case?
0: Well, I don't have a Drew Willie jersey at all. Well, you're gonna have to get one now. I would accept a like gift. <laughs> I don't love you that much. I mean the new suppliers are going to come in, new era. Maybe the Adidas stuff is gonna go on deep discount. And they got an opportunity <laughs> to get a Drew Willie jersey there.
1: I like your thinking.
0: Uh, Veteran receiver Ernest Jackson ends up signing a one-year extension in Montreal. Last year was not good for Ernest Jackson, and I think he wanted to kind of avoid free agency, to be honest. Oh,
1: yeah, I I don't see. It it wasn't great, and granted, their quarterback situation was awful uh, until Johnny Manziel kind of got... Kind of got into the groove and and you know figured out what he was doing, but yeah, it, and and you know Ernest Jackson has a has a name in this league. I I think that you know somebody would have signed him. Uh, I I don't think he would have got the money or or any, he wouldn't be on your higher echelon, but he he's still serviceable. Uh, I think him staying in Montreal kind of you know a little bit more continuity. Uh, we know that team in the last couple of years has not been. Uh, the flagship franchise by any means for the CFL. And, you know, Manziel having a guy that he's familiar with in the system can't hurt either.
0: Nolan McMillan, offensive lineman for the Ottawa Red has re-upped for one year. That's pretty cool. He was actually the first draft picked ever for the Red Blacks in 2013 and he is staying put in Ottawa. Well, let's go to Toronto here where they signed Ryan Bombin to a 3-year deal. He kind of bounced around a little bit last year, but now he's found a home in Toronto and that's a, that's a big step to keeping a consistency there on the offensive line.
1: And and that's where games are won is is you know the the trenches, the battle between the offensive and defensive line. This guy's been an all-star uh, you know, and for somehow Montreal decided to trade him. I, I never really <laughs> understood that, other than the fact they didn't want to pay him in February. <laughs> um but yeah, it it just uh it it gives them flexibility with the ratio, uh, you know, and it's consistency on that offensive line, which with a young quarterback, whether it's McLeod Bethel Thompson or James Franklin is gonna be a good thing for those guys.
0: Uh, Let's go to Winnipeg. Uh, Well, Hamilton first will mention that they re up Sean Thomas Erlington and Rashad Lawrence, but Winnipeg was especially busy uh, during these past couple weeks. We'll start with Stanley Bryant, Uh, they locked him up for another year. Back-to-back Offensive Lineman of the Year, so uh, it's good to have him in Winnipeg. Jackson Jeffcoat stays in Winnipeg for another two years. Uh, Ian Wild actually gets released. Anthony Gator signs through 2020. He wasn't going to be a free agent this February, but they wanted to make sure uh, they had a contract in place. But the big one, and it was mentioned last week when we did the episode on Chris Jones, is... The Bombers being able to re-sign Adam Big Hill. And I think the biggest thing here is, well, first of all, the tenure. They get him for three years, and that's pretty rare to see in uh, the Canadian Football League. But they were able to offer him something that I think, I I don't know if every CFL city can do. Uh, They basically were able to offer him a career post-football as well.
1: Yeah, that's not a bad gig. Uh, you know, if you can if you can have your life set up post football because you never know when your football career is going to end with with the the chance of injury and non-guaranteed contracts. Uh but, you know, it he's going to be set up basically for the rest of his life now and you know it, him and his family, they they're laying down roots in Winnipeg and they want to stay there, so it's great for the team and great for the great for the great for the city.
0: Yeah, it was probably going to be a big battle with uh, mm-hmm. BC, well, you'd think uh, at least Lions fans would want Big Hill to get back here, but the Bombers were willing to pay big money to keep Big Hill there, and we'll see how that affects the defense I guess in the next few years here, because Ian Wilde wasn't the player he was uh, since he came back from the NFL. He was mostly doing you know special teams things. Uh, Mm -hmm. Last season, but Chris Randall ends up getting let go. So they had make some sacrifices to keep Big Hill there. And uh, the the big thing there is the, the post football career. And that's what a lot of people say that the riders are able to offer. And not maybe even directly through the team because it's just the way the province works. So some people are saying. (laughs) Like Matt Matt
1: Dominguez is selling houses. Are you not going to buy a house from Matt Dominguez? Exactly. Or buy a a car from
0: Don Narcisse. Whatever. These guys are able to stay in the province and uh, make a a life for themselves after football. Some are wondering if this is intriguing for a guy like Mike Riley. I, I.
1: I don't see how it wouldn't be. Uh, you know, you have that chance to have financial stability and even just personal stability uh, of having having a place to work and a place that you can call home, uh, whether or not it's it's, it really comes down to whether or not guys want to stay uh, in Canada and in their communities. Uh, and it all depends on, I, I think a big thing of it is how they're treated while they're there. And, you know, we've, we've seen a number of players love being up here and guys end up staying year-round Uh, while they during their career and guys like George Reed that are still in Regina uh, you know it's just one of those things that if you can get a guy that likes being here and offer him these opportunities and he wants to stay uh, it just makes I'm not saying that it's a chance but you know it might save you money uh, salary wise because he knows he's got some coming that he doesn't have to make it big uh, now and, and maybe you know looking down the road it helps cap wise and And he can look at it and be like, well, if I can take a little less now, I'll make it back later and we can build a winner.
0: And on that note, if a guy wants to stay somewhere, I think it's safe to assume that they will sign there, CBA or not. So I Mm -hmm. think that kind of makes it fishy as to why a guy like Riley hasn't signed yet. I kind of get it. With Bo because he's he's got the n f l knocking at his door, Trevor Harris might want to play the free agent market a little bit, but Adam Big Hill is a big big name, and he wanted to stay in Winnipeg, so he signed so I think the c b a thing and uncertainty may be a little bit overblown sometimes mm-hmm. to it to a point um I think guys
1: like Mike Riley and and Bo are going to be looking for significant pay raises and they want to see what they can get once the CBA gets signed and the cap gets set and you know they're gonna to try to make as much money as, as possible because you know they know uh, you know once the CBA gets ratified that they will have a job like they will find work uh, and I'm not saying Adam Big Hill wouldn't have um, but I, I just think I there's going to be one or two guys that it's just because the CBA isn't signed and they're just waiting to see what they're going to get for numbers. But like you said, if a guy wants to stay, then he's probably just going to bite the bullet and take take the money that he's offered.
0: The Eskimos end up releasing veteran safety Neil King and J.C. Sherratt retires as an Edmonton Eskimo. He was the leader on that defense for the past five or six years, including the year, was it 2012? when J.C. Sherratt set the all-time CFL tackle single-season record until a guy by the name of Solomon Elimian kind of took it from him (laughs) not long after that. But, yeah, let's see here. Yeah, it was uh, 2012. He had himself 122 tackles, and he has over 500 tackles uh, as an Edmonton Eskimo. It's unfortunate he had to miss was it 2017 when he ended up uh, tearing his Achilles? But he came back and had 100 tackles last year. Definitely a leader on that team.
1: And we saw when he was out that this defense struggled. Uh, you know, in, in almost every aspect, he's he such a leader at that linebacker position. Um, you know, and just a consummate professional. Uh, and you know, it, it. This is now not. It's not going to be good uh, for the for the SMS defense. It does not matter what team it is when you have a guy like JC Sherritt retire. Uh, it, you got a big hole to fill. Uh, I just hope that they can do they can find somebody to fill that hole, whether it's internal or or in the free agent market, where they can avoid what happened in 2017 when he was out with injury because it was
0: not pretty. How tall are you, Tyrell? Uh, five, eight when I wake up. Oh, he's 5'9", and look what he made happen.
1: Yeah, I'm five eight, two ten. Like, I am not not an ounce of muscle on me. <laughs> he's two eighteen at five nine. <laughs> yeah, and he's got quads the size of my freaking like midsection.
0: <laughs> uh, the the man, the myth, the beard. Hugh O'Neill uh, signs through twenty twenty with the Eskimos. And speaking of big name impact players. Calgary Stampeders were able to lock up Kamar Jordan for two years. Hopefully his recovery is going well because he was having the year of a lifetime last year before he ended up getting hurt.
1: Yeah. um, It does not hurt that he, you know, was arguably maybe Bo's favorite target most of the time Uh, in 10 games he had 944 yards and six touchdowns.
0: That's a good year.
1: A year. Yeah, averaging almost 100 yards a game and you know just under a touchdown a game. Like he probably would have ended up, I'm guessing, fifteen, sixteen hundred and ten touchdowns. Like he would have had an Eric Rogers year from 2015.
0: Well, and he was just getting better because in week eight he had 185 yep. yards. Uh, the next week against Saskatchewan, he had 66 in the touchdown. And then against Winnipeg, 249. <laughs> like, come on. 249 yards in a single game. Uh, I hope he's ready to go, and I hope he'll be able to play for the Stampeders all 18 games in 2019. So that takes us to where we are now. There are a lot of free agents up for grabs still, and that opens February 12th. We've mentioned, I guess, the big three quarterbacks in Bo, Riley, and Harris, but there are some defensive free agents that are going to get paid. Micah Johnson, Willie Jefferson, Delvin Bro are all free agents, and let's just say... Brandon Banks is one, Ja'Garrett Davis, uh, Darrell Walker. Uh, There are a lot of players that are free agents. Now, I'm going to expect that three quarters, if not more of them, are going to re-sign before free agency opens next month, but it could be the craziest free agency period we have seen ever.
1: Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, you got guys like Kweku Boateng who are an absolute ratio buster. Uh, Brian Burnham, who arguably makes some of the craziest catches uh, in the league. Greg Ellingson. Like, these guys are all, like, these are household names when it comes to CFL. And for them not to be signed, I I don't know if it has much to do with the CBA, like like everybody's talking about. But um, at the same time, it could just be working out deals. Uh, You know, they have till the 12th before they become free agents. Uh, Maybe some of these guys have decided what a free agency. Uh, I don't think guys like Greg Ellingson and, 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 uh, you know, the other free agents that are on a a team like Ottawa and Calgary, uh, you know, just as the two teams that were in the great cup and they seem to be perennial contenders. I don't know if you'd really want to walk away from that. Uh, So you might see a, a flurry of signings there and then, you know, guys, if guys, if the numbers right, they're going to take it, and if they're happy with where they are, they're going to take it. Um, you know, the CBA, be damned. Really, uh, if you can guarantee yourself a job once that CBA is fine or finalized, it's just one less thing you have to worry about.
0: I guess about a week ago, Brock Sunderland flew to Seattle to meet with Mike Riley. So I know the Eskimos are trying to pull out all the stops there. Mm-hmm. And the Riders ended up losing another player to the NFL as Jordan Williams-Lambert, their Rookie of the Year nominee, signs with the Chicago Bears. Let's uh, go through some of the coaching changes that have gone down. The Alouettes have named their defensive coordinator, a guy by the name of Bob Slowick. He ended up working uh, with Mr. Mike Sherman while, while they were in Green Bay. So, I mean, Sherman gets to bring one of his buddies there and, Uh, we'll see how that goes.
1: Slowly turning into the Oilers Old Boys Club.
0: Yeah, that's exactly what's happening. I woke
1: up to the greatest news this morning that Torelli was fired, and I was like, oh, today is not going to be a bad day.
0: (laughs) And then they announced Keith Gretzky as the interim GM.
1: Wow, well, he was already the assistant GM, but apparently they fired him in the in the second intermission, which is even more Oilers than anything that Montreal could possibly oh, do. Oh, really? It happened in the second intermission? Yeah, they wanted to give him a chance to, you know, leave leave Rogers Centre in, in the way he wanted to and and not have to deal with any uh, of the fans or anything, and I guess in the third period they were chanting Fire Shirelli. little did they know it was already done.
0: Wow! Okay, uh, let's go to Hamilton. They have named. Their- so I
1: don't. I don't know if I, I. don't know if I can call the Alouettes a dumpster fire anymore.
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, the Alouettes are uh, in the same conversation as the Edmonton yeah. Oilers. Well, apparently, though, it's their fourth best season in the past thirteen years. What does that say? Let's, don't don't don't, <laughs> don't. I read that today, and I just threw my phone out the window. <laughs> the uh, Alouettes. Or the Tiger Cats, sorry. They end up naming their coaching staff for the upcoming year. Uh, A lot we did know are with Steinauer and June Jones. But Mark Washington is their D coordinator and DB coach. Uh, Tommy Condell is on the staff as a wide receivers coach, so that is big. And I think uh, you and I both love him. Jeff Reinbold back in Hamilton as a special teams coordinator. That's when Brandon Banks had his big years Mm -hmm. as a returner, and he's kind of, I think he does okay on the offensive side now, but Reinbold back in the hammer, and it's good to see him still in the CFL.
1: Well, they had to get somebody to replace Glanville's presence, and Reinbold is the prime candidate to do that. Like, just his presence on the sideline alone. Uh, Nobody measures up to Jerry Glanville. Like, let's not get ridiculous here, but Reinbold uh, brings a little bit of swagger to that coaching staff for sure now.
0: As we keep rolling along, uh, this podcast is brought to you by Park Power. I love everything about these guys. They're a provider of electricity and natural gas in Alberta that offers low rates, awesome service, and profit sharing with local charities. In Alberta, you get to choose where you get your buy your energy from. So if you choose Park Power, the money stays in the province. And it's really cool here because they donate uh, a part of their profits to not-for-profits. So you're kind of, uh, what is the word? Feeding two birds with uh, one scone there? Oh, my
1: God.
0: Uh, (laughs) Because you're supporting a local company, and they're supporting charities with that money as well. So shopping local is a great thing to do, and you can uh, make the switch today to Park Power by visiting parkpower.ca. That is parkpower.ca. As we move along, uh, BC Lions uh, offensive line coach, is uh, looking to join the Toronto Argonauts. Dan DeRazio is in BC for a long, long time, but a lot of changes happening in Vancouver with mm-hmm. Wally Buono stepping away. Yeah, and you know it,
1: it's it's tough when you know a guy like Wally Buono is the boss for so long and probably you know you get into a rhythm and easy to work with and all of a sudden he's gone and you start looking around and it's like mm, there might be better options somewhere else uh you know ed hervey kind of rebuilt that offensive line uh in through a draft and an off season and you know it, it wasn't the best offensive line we've ever seen but it was night and day compared to what they had a year ago uh, you know and and Dan Durazio obviously has something to do with that so I mean it, it's a pretty decent looking resume um, it I mean if you're gonna bring in a new head coach uh, not saying Devon Claybrooks would have fired him but you know for the most part head coaches want their own staff and maybe you know Durazio just kind of sees that he does not a fit or or just sees an opportunity somewhere else it, it could be any one of those things but uh, you know it, that, that The coach's cap, though, is going to make it very interesting uh,
0: what his options are. And we go back to the Riders. They named Jeremy O'Day as their general manager, but they remain the only team in the Canadian Football League without a coach right now. Uh, apparently, the Riders were denied permission to speak to Paul LaPolice and Jamie Elizondo. Of course, Lapo, the OC in Winnipeg, and Jamie Elizondo. Uh, in Ottawa. Um, the bombers say their excuse is that it's too late in the year when. <laughs> but that's a load of crap. And you and I mm-hmm. both know it because Lapo went to Winnipeg as the head coach in the same situation, but it happened in February. So it's. <laughs> we also know the rules. Exactly. It's not too late in the year. Uh, the Bombers are well within their rights to deny mm. Lapo permission to talk to the Riders, and I get why they did it, but...
1: Why Why are you going to let your OC walk and go to your biggest rival inside your own division?
0: But how? how is that treating your employee, though? It's about winning football games, man. But, yeah, but how does Lapo feel? I'm like, cold. what kind of loyalty I'm does cold, he have though. after
1: that? Oh, he's, I, I guarantee you, he's pissed. I would be too, but if, I, if I'm if i Kyle Walters, I'm like, man, you're signed here. Like, well, I don't know what you want me to do. Um, you know, they're not, I don't, it's just, a, there'd be no way that I would be letting Paul Lapolis talk to the riders. Um, I, I know that, you know, you have to the end of the month and all this stuff, but you still have to get permission. He's under contract. Team doesn't want to give permission; they don't want. That's that's completely their right. I, I do disagree with. If it was a lateral move, I, I I agree. As a promotion, though, I think like you see it in baseball, if you hire a guy away, it has to be a promotion, and then you just have to pay a little bit of compensation, whether that be a player or cash. Uh, you know, so I would like to see that kind of filter its way in to where guys who have an opportunity to to get a promotion even if it's in another franchise and still get that chance. It kind of sucks that way. But as far as far as I'm concerned, Winnipeg is completely in their right to do what they did, and, and they're in the business of winning football games. They're not in the business of, of helping out a, a rival team build a coaching staff.
0: And they did kind of get screwed with the whole Darian Durant situation.
1: <laughs> yeah, maybe this is payback for that. <laughs>
0: Even indirectly, because Durant had nothing to do with the Riders at that time. But Winnipeg was almost a a different situation because at times when they were struggling, people would call for O'Shea to get fired and Mm -hmm. Lapolis to step in uh, into that head coaching role. So in, in a weird way, it's almost like Lapo and O'Shea are almost equals on that staff. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, yeah, I get that. Um, I just think people look at you know, there's the coach is always the first one, right? Uh, that that's yeah, gonna be, yeah, that's your GM's first move, and people are familiar with Paul out police, uh, you know, in this league, and it's an easy fix in their eyes. Um, but I, I think they both they've both been around this this league and this game so much that um, you know they are equals in a sense that. You know, they've they've both been long tenured and and stuff like that, but you know, one's a head coach and one's an OC. Uh, you know, technically O'Shea is La Police's boss. Yeah. Uh, so I mean they're not they're not quite equal, but uh people see their their ability to coach as equal for sure.
0: Jerry Glanville said uh he'd be interested in the job in Saskatchewan. But please. Please. Just for one year, how good would it be? The drama would with- when does the drama stop? Like, I I enjoy it, but... You, you, do you really think Glanville would put up with any ah! from the players? Oh, man. Uh, he said... What was his quote? He said something like, Yeah, Chris Jones wears a lot of hats, but I've never seen him wear a cowboy hat.
1: Uh. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't care if they would go 1-17. in 17, It'd be worth just having Glanville on the sidelines for a year.
0: Wow. Uh... Where it is, the Riders did interview Craig Dickinson for the job as well as uh, Stephen McAdoo for the job. <laughs> they're they're kind of in a weird spot right now because of the coach's cap because yep. it, it's not only to do with money, it's the number of positions. They have 10 coaches right now. You're allowed to have 11. So,
1: And if you ask Arash Madani, all those coaches are signed for two more years. Yeah, so if they fire one, they've got to pay him out, right? Well, yeah, but all the coaches only signed one-year extensions, so I don't know who was feeding the rash stories, but he was wrong, as per usual, when it comes to him covering the CFL.
0: <laughs> Am I supposed to leave it on that note? <laughs>
1: Might as well. I don't see why we wouldn't.
0: <laughs> okay, uh, place down your <laughs> chips. Who are you betting on to be the new coach of the Riders? Because Mike yeah, Benavides so is also in the mix, people are calling uh, for mark Trevor and i I think that one is probably a one in a hundred chance i, I don't see that one happening
1: i th- well, there, he doesn't he doesn't have a quarterback to work he doesn't have a franchise quarterback yeah. to work with so why well, there's no way he takes well I mean the job.
0: drew Willie's available like i said okay this we can end it on okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it's Dickinson or Benavides.
1: I, I I think those are the two easy choices that I don't know. Like, especially this late now, everybody's kind of getting their staffs together and, you know, you're only going to be able to fill this role internally or find guys that don't have jobs yet. So you, obviously teams if Ottawa and Winnipeg haven't let you talk to their OCs, the other teams are going to be like, well, no, no, they didn't. We're not going to either. So they're going to have to figure this out. Uh, I think Craig Dickinson would be would be the early, the clubhouse leader, we'll call it, uh, just because it's an internal, uh, and and they know who he is, they know what he's about. Not saying they don't know about Mike Benavides, but, uh, you know, it, it's just, it's easier to promote from within when you have the chance.
0: Yeah, if you uh, look at the Rough Rider staff that they did uh, announce <laughs> <laughs> uh, earlier before uh, Mr. Uh, Jones ended up going to the NFL. There are guys that have been on his staff. Maybe a guy like Jason Shivers, who has uh, been coaching the Rider defensive backs for four years, knows the Jones system, moves up mm-hmm. uh, to coach the defense. Well, Dickinson uh, goes to, to, I don't know, can you do special teams and head coaching? You probably can. But uh, it's going to be interesting to see what they do heading into did, 2019.
1: Didn't O'Shea do that? Uh,
0: like right now? Who
1: has fa- Who? has? No, not right now.
0: Oh, yeah. They got uh, – I just typed it in. They got Paul Boudreau is their, uh, is their uh, special teams coordinator right now. I don't know if he's done it before. He probably could have. And I know he does have input in it right now. He's a special teams genius.
1: No, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, 2010 to 2013, he was with the Argos special teams, and he's only been the head coach in Winnipeg. But, I mean, he would be my first bet as to who could do it.
0: Yeah, that's totally true. Uh, Well, the Riders, we'll see if they make a decision before free agency. Uh, I hope it happens before free agency. Uh, We'll talk to you in a couple of weeks. It would sure help. Yeah, it's Travis Curran, Brazilian tie. Uh, and we're part of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB. Make sure you check out Press Start to Join. Josh and Alan talk video games, movies, TV, comics, Star Wars, and everything in between. If they added wrestling so basically in there.
1: everything that's awesome.
0: Yes. If they added wrestling in there, and maybe they do. Maybe wrestling is and such. <laughs> oh. But they talk. What about wrestling video games? They, oh yeah, that's true.
1: <laughs>
0: okay, what was your favorite wrestling video game of all time?
1: Oh, probably No Mercy.
0: Yeah, it's tough. On the N sixty four, it's tough for it not to be. Or, no Mercy. Or,
1: yeah, like Nitro was good, but I mean WWF. I'm a. I just can't get away from the brand.
0: Yeah, I'm too loyal. I remember fighting backstage and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. It was good. So press start to join with Josh and Alan. Check that out. And actually, just go to albertapodcastnetwork.com. they got a brand-new site. Everything's organized, all pretty and stuff. So check that out, the new website for the Alberta Podcast Network. Uh, give us a rating, a review, a subscription on iTunes or wherever you listen to To and Out. And we'll talk to you in a couple weeks. Thanks for listening. Find more great shows like this at CFPod Network on Twitter.